Never give in. Never, never, never. On October 29, 1941, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill visited Harrow School, where he attended as a youth. There he gave a memorable speech shortly after the Blitz during the Second World War. London had been bombed for 57 consecutive nights when he said, never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. That's pretty good advice from a war-weary man. Are you tired of the spiritual battle you're in? Never give in. Never, never, never. Instead, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. you know that your prayers could be hindered? Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis. Thanks so much for being here. Well, prayer can move mountains, but there are a handful of hindrances that can make your prayer life an uphill climb. Today, Ron covers these barriers to prayer next as he wraps up his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And now here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Warfare Prayer. On October 29, 1941, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill visited Harrow School where he attended as a youth and there he gave a memorable speech shortly after the Blitz during World War II. Uh, London alone had been bombed for 57 consecutive nights. And that's when Sir Winston said, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing great or small, large or petty, Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And you could take those words from Sir Winston and apply them to our warfare prayer. Uh, never give up. Persist in prayer. Persistence and resistance is what we do in the spiritual realm. We persist in prayer and we resist the devil, Peter tells us. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So this is how a prayer warrior prays. It's not enough to just be dressed for victory in spiritual warfare. Make sure as you step into that conflict or you become aware of the conflict around you, that you're praying at all times, that your prayer life is in alignment and in agreement with the Spirit of God who always prays according to the Word of God, and that you're praying with earnestness and fervency and alertness and perseverance. Are you still with me? <laughs> I pause to say one of the most uh, challenging areas of spiritual discipline for any of us and one that where we feel the shame the most is when somebody asks us, how's your prayer life? and our head goes down, oh, I wish I were praying more. 
We start praying more. Billy Graham said in one of his autobiographies that if he had to do his ministry all over again, he said, I'd do less preaching and more praying. And that's true of all of us. Uh, Not trying to shame anybody, including myself. Uh, I I want my prayer life to grow, but I want it to grow in the way of of a spiritual warrior. Before I wrap this up, I I, I just want to land on a topic that relates to prayer and spiritual warfare that a lot of people have as it relates to prayer, and that is what hinders answers to prayer? What hinders our prayer life? Does God always answer our prayer, even the prayer of a believer? Well, a a careful study of Scripture, even in the context of spiritual warfare, suggests that there are some things that hinder our communication with God, and He turns a deaf ear to our prayers. Three categories, broad categories I give you. Number one is sin. Sin, prevailing sin in a believer's life always hinders our prayer life. Uh, The psalmist said it this way in 66 and verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I cherish it, if I don't deal with it through confession and repentance, he says the Lord will not hear me. Take that to heart today. Uh, Allow the Holy Spirit to survey your heart and determine if there's any area of your life that is not rightly related to him. Any area that you said, nah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I I know what the Bible says, but, you know, uh, if there's sin in your life that is unconfessed, that you've refused to repent of, the Lord, in effect, says, listen, come back when you get this worked out and you're ready to talk about this through confession and repentance. I take this to, to mean also that the only prayer God hears of an unrepentant sinner who's never trusted Christ as a Savior, the first prayer that he hears is the prayer of repentance, the sinner's prayer. Otherwise, the posture in that person's life is, 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 is against God. He is an enemy of God. The first prayer he hears is the prayer of confession and repentance of a sinner who comes to the Savior at the foot of the cross. Secondly, in broad category of hindrances to answered prayer is self-sufficiency. And uh, I would go to James chapter 4 where James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Have you ever prayed for something or for someone and, you know, the answer just doesn't come? First thing we need to ask ourselves is, you know, is there conflict in the heavenly realms? It took 21 days for Daniel to get his answer to prayer. Could take longer. Uh, Persist in prayer. Be earnest about it. Never give up kind of thing. But, But James says some people don't get answers to their prayer because they never pray. You do not have because you do not ask. Prayer is just not your default. You're a self-sufficient person. Why do I need to pray? I got it handled. Or you have this attitude that, God, I got this, but only in the emergencies do I come to you in prayer. That's a self-sufficiency in us that we need to deal with. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. You say, I've got weeks worth of bread in my pantry. 
I got a refrigerator here and one here and enough money in the bag. I, I can just run up to the grocery store. But give us this day our daily bread is a reminder that, that we are not self-sufficient. That all that we have, even the bread we eat, comes from a single source. And it's the God who created the seed that put the wheat in the ground and the wheat grows up and becomes bread and all of that. A self-sufficiency. Prayer in its simplest form is simply asking and receiving. All right? It, it is, but you got to ask. It's hard for a young man to ask a girl out on a date. I remember when I was in high school, I, it paralyzed me. I was so scared. I was back during the day where you couldn't text. You had to dial the rotary phone. Boy, I'm aging myself, aren't I? And, and you know, get on the phone and ask her out on a date. I mean, so, some guys never have a date because they can't ask. I was in sales and marketing for many years before I went into the ministry, and what I learned about some of my colleagues is they can wax eloquently about the features and benefits of a product, but they can never ask for the order. They can never look a potential customer in the eye and say, may I have your business? And so they didn't soar as salespeople because they couldn't ask. Same is true with many of us in the church when it comes to our prayer life. We don't get around to asking God for anything. And, and, it, and it befalls a, a, a self-sufficient spirit in us that needs to be dealt with. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. How simple is that? For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. The idea of asking, seeking, and knocking has uh, uh, the idea of persistence in praying. Don't stop at asking. Don't stop at seeking. Don't stop at knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. There's no self-sufficiency in it. I must ask. I must seek. I must knock because all that I have, every blessing that I have, including the bread on my table, comes from a single source, and I need to acknowledge that. That's why you bow your head at a meal and thank God for the bounty of food that he's put in front of you as an acknowledgement that he is your source. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If it's been a while since you stopped by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, you may want to pay us a visit. We've released a new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television. You'll also find our digital library. That's where you can search for biblical answers to some of your most challenging questions. Watch, listen, and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. 
Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience? And what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099, or you can mail your gift. Our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get you back to the rest of today's message, Warfare Prayer. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones third broad category that hinders our prayer life is selfishness. It's maybe not a self-sufficiency that that says, oh, why do I need to ask? No, James goes on to say, after you do not have because you do not ask, he says, but you ask, verse 3 of chapter 4 of James, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You ask amiss. Your problem is not self-sufficiency. Your your problem is, no, I I ask, but I'm selfish about it. I'm asking for the wrong motives. Uh, Jesus taught us to align our prayer motives when he said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Too often, we may not use these words, but too often we pray, my kingdom come, my will be done in heaven as it is in my little corner of the earth. And that's the wrong way to pray. Check your motives. The Spirit will check your motives, all right? Listen to the Spirit of God and and check your motives there. Sometimes we're so selfish in our praying that all of our praying has to do with a me, my, and mine kind of list. Jesus taught us to go into the presence of God on bended knee 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It sets up every request to be in alignment with kingdom priorities. You see, some people think that prayer is me trying to get God to do something he really doesn't want to do. That's not prayer at all from a biblical standpoint. Prayer is aligning my priorities and my requests to the will of God, which you will find in the word of God, which is always in keeping with the spirit of God. You pray that way, and Jesus says, prayer is this simple, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened unto you. But sometimes we're too selfish. Too selfish to even pray for others. It's interesting the word uh, supplication that Paul uses back in Ephesians chapter six, he uses it twice. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, requests, petitions. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. And then he comes back to it. Making supplication for all the saints. Make sure your requests that you bring to God are not so self-motivated that you never pray for others. What a selfless act that is to represent somebody else's needs before the Father. And Paul gets very personal here. He says, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. A very transparent moment in Paul's ministry here. He's saying, I, 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 need, I need your prayers. I need your prayers. He says, pray that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. <laughs> I am amazed that Paul would write these words because in my estimation, nobody was more bold with the gospel than the apostle Paul. I mean, come on, this guy was a church planting juggernaut as he carried the gospel you know, to places the gospel had not reached. But Paul knew in his humanness there was a timidity in his spirit. And he's just making a simple request here. He's calling the prayer warriors at the Ephesian church to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, those requests. And make, make supplication for all the saints. And while you're doing it, just will you, will you pray for me? That when I have those opportunities to share the gospel, I'll be bold with it. Oh, what, what, a, what an amazing request there. My point is, don't be so selfish in your praying that the time you pray is more about you than it is others. And this is how a prayer warrior prays in a way that his or her prayers are not hindered. And it's important to remember all of this, to factor all of it into your Christian walk because, again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against rulers of darkness in the heavenly realms, in places we do not even see and do not even have a full appreciation of, but for the glimpses in Scripture of how prayer fuels the warfare in the heavenly realms until there's a breakthrough and the request arrives. Doesn't that just send chills up and down your spine to think about that? Doesn't that elevate our understanding of prayer? I know in some churches, prayer is kind of a little side ministry over here. No, it is the ministry of the church. I remember when I came here, 
well, now almost six years ago, into my sixth year, I was so pleased to know of a ministry here called the Pastor's Prayer Partners. There is not a, a day, a Lord's Day that goes by that uh, when I arrive here at the church very early in the morning, uh, getting ready to preach three services, that just before that eight o'clock hour, there's not a group of men who meet with the pastor to pray for me. And I remember the first time we gathered together, uh, the leader of that team said, now pastor, this isn't a time for you to pray, for us to hear you pray, or for you to pray for us. You just sit there, we're praying over you. <laughs> wow. That's, I, I, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. And we have prayer happening all across our church family, bathing this uh, spiritual outpost called Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in prayer. Why? Because the conflict is real. There's nothing the devil wants to do more than to bring down a church and to, 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 to make it of, of no effect, no gospel effect in a community today. So child of God, soldier of Jesus Christ, collectively, let's step up our prayer life. Let's step up our prayer life to pray at all times, to pray in the spirit, uh, to pray with fervency, with alertness, with perseverance, and to do battle in the heavenly realms in keeping with the battle that we're in. Amen. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Warfare Prayer. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. Ron, over the past few days, you've talked about the sword of the Spirit and the power of prayer. Two separate messages, two separate tools we can use in spiritual warfare. But in many ways, these two things, prayer and God's Word, work together, don't they? Absolutely, they do, Brian. In fact, prayer is sort of the glue that holds all of these pieces of armor together. And today, as I finish up this teaching series, I'm glad you ask about the relationship between God's Word and prayer, because I think it's critical for us to understand just how interwoven the two things are. Uh, let me start with this. The Bible is a mirror. Now, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can interpret it, but more importantly, it interprets you. And while you can learn more about God through His Word and get to know God better, it's also true that when you're looking into this mirror called the Bible, uh, you will learn more about yourself. God's Word will show you exactly who and what you are, complete with your motivations and your deepest innermost thoughts. Uh, why is this important? Well, so that uh, having seen your reflection in the mirror of God's Word, having discovered things about yourself that you either never knew or else had forgotten, uh, you now know specifically how to pray as it concerns your own life. The sins with which you struggle, the strongholds that uh, may have crept into your life, uh, your strengths and your weaknesses. The better you understand yourself by meditating upon God's Word, the better you are able to seek Him for both deliverance and direction when you're praying. So these two things work in tandem in our lives to propel us towards spiritual maturity and to help us become more like Christ. 
Such a great word of encouragement, Ron. Thanks for those great final thoughts from your teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Now, before we sign off, tell us a little about your next series, which starts tomorrow right here on Something Good. Sure thing, Brian. The next series is a brand new group of messages called Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Now, back in the 6th century, Pope Gregory I came up with a list of seven deadly sins, and I'll cover all of them in this eight-message series. I'm talking about pride, anger, lust, and all the rest. I'll talk in depth about all seven, but I'll also show you how, with God's help and a little perseverance, you can overcome these sins as you grow and mature in your faith. That's Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down, a brand new series that starts tomorrow right here on Something Good Radio. We'll kick that series off tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, More Than Conquerors. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.